The perspective was that you had to come from some sort of a maritime background. Um, so either your family were trawlermen or previously been in the Navy or you had been. But since I had didn't have any of that, I come from a very non-maritime um, family background. I just dismissed it as an opportunity altogether. My name's Omar Javed. I am Armlie Crew at Tower Lifeboat Station. Even though I had grown up on the coast, the lifeboats, it was something that I was aware of. Um, but when I say I didn't think it was for me, that was an unconscious perspective. Uh, and it was something that I think there's a lot to be said for you have to see it to believe it. And because I didn't see any role models growing up at all um, who came from the same ethnic background that I did, um, it was just something that it never, never entered my mind um, that I, I could partake um, as, as part of this organisation. So I was aware of the RNLI, having grown up my, my entire life in, in Skegness. The turning point was I joined the Sea Scouts as a child. Um, I spent a good four or five years old uh, in the Sea Scouts in Skegness. Um, and the ultimate turning point was when there was an instant in the summertime, we used to, the, the Skegness Sea Scouts group had um, two, I think there were 15 odd foot wooden hulled sailing skiffs. Um, so like open cockpit um, sailing boats that we would take out in the summer months. It was the last summer that I was a Sea Scout. I think there were like five or six kids on the boat and, and then there was one person who was an adult who was in charge. Uh, and we went to um, jibe, which is when the wind comes around the back of the boat, around the stern, uh, and the boom, so the part that's attached to the mast, which moves and, and people see it on, on TV and whatnot, when you duck underneath um, and it's, as it swings across the boat. Um, and basically when we jibed, something caught the, um, the main sheets, and the main sheet is basically the rope that's holding that, that sail, and uh, it caused the boat to capsize. When we all kind of came to the service after being flung out of the boat, um, I realised that there were a couple of kids missing. Um, and I was then looking around, um, I saw one was being like drifting away and was being pulled away from the boat where the rest of us were. So I swam over, um, effectively towed him, um, just pulled him back to the boat. And then I realised that another kid was missing as well. There were two missing um, and he was actually underneath underneath the boat, um, thankfully in the air pocket underneath. So I, I dived under the boat. Um, I can't. I genuinely can't remember if it's that I saw his legs kicking or what, what it was that led me to, to think they might be in the air pocket and then basically um, pulled them out from underneath the boat. Um, and by that time, the other boat, which ironically was um, being helmed by the adult in charge of that boat, was uh, a gentleman called Paul Martin, who was the coxswain uh, of the uh, Skegness lifeboat. Um, and by that point, they had seen that we had had an incident uh, and they had turned around uh, and they sailed back. It must have been a member of the public, dialed 999, 
And so I actually got rescued by the Skegness lifeboat, the inshore lifeboat. I got rescued um, along with the other kids and everyone. Um, And then myself and the young man who was um, the the lad that was in the air pocket underneath the boat, um, we were both taken to hospital because we'd both um, swallowed um, a lot of, only a little bit for me, but I think he he inhaled quite a lot of seawater. So he got taken to hospital as did I, and that's when that that was the um, the light bulb coming on moment um, was when Paul Martin, um, the, as I said earlier, the, the coxswain of Skegness Island and I, um, came to the hospital and said um, to me in front of my mother that if I wanted to join the the Skegness lifeboat crew, that there would be a spot waiting for me when when uh, I was old enough to be able to. So I joined on my 17th birthday. It meant a lot to me uh, and that it was a real confidence boost when you're 16, 15 or 16 years old um, and someone like a pillar of the local community comes um, and in front of your parents says, you know, we're, we're happy to take him on um, you know, and um, he's, he's got a spot waiting for him should he want to. It was a heartwarming moment. So I was on Skegness um, inshore, uh, inshore lifeboat and all-weather lifeboat crew for two years. Um, so Skegness at that time, they had a D-class lifeboat and a Mersey-class lifeboat. Um, and then um, I went to university in Scotland, um, in, in St Andrews. Um, and I actually, I visited both uh, Botty Ferry to the north and Anstruther to the south, um, seeing if I, I could join either one of their crews, but it was just too far away. And then when I finished my um, degree um, and I, I knew I was going to be coming down to London to live here, I then joined Chiswick Lifeboat. And I was on Chiswick Lifeboat's crew for 10 years, just over. I think it was 10 and a half years. And I've gone back to Tower Lifeboat Station purely and simply for um, convenience sake, uh, that it's a lot easier for me to, to get to Tower Lifeboat Station than Chiswick nowadays. It's something that Again, I mentioned it before, you, you have to see it to believe it um, and, and to have that confidence uh, to think, oh, you know, this is something that I can do. I'm not excluded from this just because of my ethnic or religious background or whatever it might be, um, whether it's, you know, it can be a, a huge number of different different reasons that people have um, their, their concerns about not quote unquote fitting in um it's something that you know joining tower lifeboat crew my wife said to me explicitly because i asked her for permission to be able to go back uh, and rejoin the the armed light we all have a boss everyone has a boss in life let's just face facts so when i asked my wife can i go back she the first thing she said to me is yes but you have to make sure this time you take photos so that the but you can show them to the boys. We have two little boys uh, and you can be a role model to them growing up. So you don't, these aren't just stories that you account uh, verbally. Uh, and if you've got photos and something that you can show them what you're doing, so then, then you know, they, they have a role model themselves in their father. Um, and it's something that I try to remember that because I think when you're younger, you don't even think about it in quite such a, a transparent perspective on it.
if I could speak to my 16-year-old self, I would say, try it and see. It's an intimidate. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. As a 17-year-old lad in in that crew room in at the lifeboat station, you know there were some fantastic guys there. And when I go back to Skegness, if I see any of them in the street, I always scramble to them to shake their hand. And you know because they 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 had a. They, I'm sure that they don't even realise themselves, but I have very clear-cut fond memories of sometimes the bollockings that I got for doing doing stuff in in a foolish or dangerous way but they had a, a large impact on my, on my life uh, and you know they were they, I don't they didn't mean to be scary but they were intimidating to a 17 year old lad um you know um, trying to not look like an idiot in front of them and I thank I thank them for their patience and their guidance um genuinely but um I, I would just say to the 16 year old Omar you know that, that they don't bite Go, go and speak to them, uh, try it, uh, and make sure that you're committed. And don't be one of those people that turns up and you know talks the talk and then disappears off into the sunset and you never see them again. Um, uh, and just try, try it, uh, and, and you know just reach out. Hello, this is Ruth Jones. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 Voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.